The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration for leaders who are making their visions happen. And we'll set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning. Welcome to the show. So how can you become an inspiring and visionary leader? Well, you know, how do visionary leaders actually inspire powerful results? And what do they know that may not be understood by other people? After 41 shows today, I'm going to share with you what I've learned from the rich conversations we've been having each week on this show. And I'm hoping that this will take you to the next level in terms of your own understanding about how to be visionary, how to use vision, how to inspire results, not only um, in your organization, but also in your life. Uh, My aim is to give you an understanding of the basic visioning process today and to help you feel equipped to do visioning in your own life or organization. And because this show is recorded, I'm hoping to do this in such a way that if you went back and listened, you'd be able to access the ideas presented here um, again and again, as often as you need to, in order to uh, make your own vision real. I want you to come away with a greater understanding about how and why to use visioning as part of your approach as a leader. And this is just a taster, but I think it's going to be a very rich hour. Please feel free to email us anytime during the show or call in with your questions. I'll do my best to answer them on the air. So I'd like to begin with the question, why be visionary? Today, Vision is needed more than ever, not only from our prominent leaders in the public and private sectors, but also from the rest of us, from all of us. We lead in our communities, we lead in our organizations, we lead in our families, and we lead as individuals in the choices that we make every single day and the example that we set for other people. Um, Leadership is uh, not something held only by a few at the very top, but it's actually an opportunity and a set of possibilities that any one of us can step into at any time. And I think seeing yourself as a leader in your own life and a leader within your own organization, regardless of the positional authority that you hold, is really a fundamental uh, philosophy that, that lies at the bottom of visionary leadership. You know, today we face so many kinds of challenges in leading in the world. Uh, the major global trends, economic, environmental, political and cultural, uh, sustainability, all of those kinds of big questions that we're grappling with um, are ever present. I think it's important to sort of set a context for the, the idea of visionary leadership. Um, this is a time when the pace of life is fast, uh, when we're operating in uh, a much larger context on a daily basis, when technology is both available to help us and also at times to confuse us and make life more complicated by being ever-present and ever-demanding of our time and attention. 
in this environment, it is all too easy to become passive or reactive. And really, in a way, those are the same things. But to become someone who's reacting to what's happening in your life and in your organization, um, to become somebody who is sort of at the mercy, if you will, of the pace and the demands upon your time and attention. When you decide that you want to be a visionary leader, you're really giving yourself a whole other perspective. You're moving out of uh, reacting and being... Um, at the mercy of what comes up in a given day or a given hour. And instead, you're making a powerful shift to being purposeful and intentional with your life and with your voice and with the contribution that you're actually making in the world. And, you know, when I think about leadership, I want to iterate this again. I'm, I'm really calling upon us uh, as people who are in positions of authority and who do have responsibility for others and for delivering results and outcomes. But I also really want you to understand that leadership to me means leading in the whole of your life, leading in the way that you raise your family, leading in the way that you make choices day to day, leading in the way that you participate in your community. So this is this show and the ideas that we're presenting each week, even though they may uh, focus often on the point of view of um, senior leaders in groundbreaking, doing groundbreaking work, the ideas are basic and simple and intended to be available and readily usable by you. So, as we're thinking about why be visionary, you know, I often reflect upon it, the fact that we live in a world that that shows us every single day the visions of others. You know, the car you drive, the house you live in, um, what's on television when you turn it on, um, the computer that you use, um, the way that we travel. All of these things came to be because someone at some time could see them in their own mind's eye um, before they even existed. You know, and so we have inherited the visions of others. And I'm, as a, as a parent, I'm often thinking about um, the story that we're telling ourselves about the future of our planet, the future of our society, um, the future of the world. And I'm realizing that uh, we tell ourselves a story that often sounds um, frightening. It sounds sounds like a doomsday story. Um, we're going to run out of resources. The world is getting hotter and hotter. Um, we are in a, a time of war, we are in a time of scarcity, right? And as we tell ourselves these stories, we begin to actually create a negative vision for the future, a vision of, of doom, a vision of non-sustainability. And the question I have for all of us is, can we see a future that we really want? Can we talk about and create in our conversations in life um, a world that we're excited to live toward and to uh, create and to pass along as a legacy to our children and the generations who come beyond them. You know, our well-being and our sustainability is tied up with the well-being of others around the world and also with the health and the well-being of the Earth's living systems. I really think that today we have an opportunity to, um, I think, get a perspective, to get some context about what's happening in the world around us. And instead of burying our heads in the sand or feeling overwhelmed, to actually plant our feet on the earth and say to ourselves, okay, you know, we are the generation. We are the people whose decisions are going to shape the future. Can we see? Can we describe? Can we envision a future we really want to create? And can we, through our conversation, ignite passion about another way, a better way, um, a way of living and leading that perhaps no one ever has lived yet today uh, on this earth. So this is a time when there's enormous um, synergy happening, 
we know more about the brain. We know more about um, agriculture. We know more about how the world works. We know more about how the universe works than we ever have. Um, but if we put all of what we know together to create a picture that we're really excited to create. So I, th- I think as when I think about why we do this show every week, Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, absolutely it's because we want to be inspiring and motivating you in your visionary leadership, in your visionary life. We really believe in that. And we want to see if we can actually inspire all of us together to see something different than what um, common media uh, would have us looking at or what, what our sort of news stories tell us every day about what's happening in the world. Um, we have to acknowledge what's true. We have to be realistic. We need to understand the facts. And we also have the power to create the future that we really want. Um, I want to say also that, you know, I go back to the idea of uh, being a generation responsible for envisioning a world we want to live in and a world we want to pass along. You know, we are responsible for our own sustainability and for the conditions of life that future generations will inherit from the actions that we take during this lifetime. So how do we step up and take on a positive accountability? And I often find in my work as a leadership coach that people think of accountability as uh, negative. You know, you're being held accountable and that means a penalty. Um, I want to put forward this morning the idea of positive accountability, the idea that uh, we have a positive responsibility for stewardship of our own lives, our own communities, and of the world itself. And we're, we're accountable for our successes as much as we are for the places where we're challenged and we need to work harder, do things differently. So positive accountability means acknowledging the good things as well as holding ourselves accountable for what's not working and what needs attention and needs immediate improvement. So when we create vision, we create another story. We move out of one story and into another one. We move from the language of um, analysis and the language of um, interpretation and into possibility thinking. And when we're thinking about possibilities, and this is fun to do in your own life and also if you are a leader in organizations, you know, if you notice the kinds of conversations you're having, are you forever analyzing the problems and analyzing the past and figuring out from a past-focused perspective what it is that needs to be addressed, or do you invite people to sit down and join with you in a conversation about a desired future to really engage that possibility conversation? I would encourage you to pay attention to the the time basis of your dialogue as a leader and I say that, of course, meaning the whole of life and organizational leadership. But um, if there's one thing we have tried to do on the show over the past year is to give you some perspective from leaders who have an understanding of the past. And I think of John McArdle, who came onto the show, a historian, and really talked about we want to celebrate and we want to honor and we want to learn from the past. And we must not get steeped in nostalgia we must not get so attached to our old stories that we can't create new possibilities and we can't create a new way for the future you know leadership matters immensely at this time in history we must be willing to lead and to follow visionary leaders it is a time to step forward and make the shift from being the audience to being the actor and the director of our fate 
You know, we have opportunities to lead in our daily lives in our own households and schools and churches, synagogues, temples, community organizations. It's a moment to heed the direction of your own inner voice and get involved to actually be the change, as the saying goes, and to bring forward the full capacity that you have. This is a time for the stewardship of self, of others, of nature, and it's a time for contribution. And I really, sitting here and talking with you today, I really um, believe that we can do this. And I really believe that we're going to do this by becoming purposeful and intentional about the future we create rather than um, reacting and, and stuck in the old story, and including the story about not enough time, not enough resources. Uh, we want to shift into an, an understanding that we are the people we have what we need, and we can create the future that we really want. Um, we're going to take a break. When I come back, I want to talk with you about what visionary leadership looks like. And, you know, if you wanted to be a visionary leader, what kinds of qualities should you cultivate in yourself? We'll take a break, and we'll come right back. And when we do, I uh, hope to share that with you. After that, we're going to talk about the vision process, and I'm going to share with you Nebo's vision process. We heard from Lucia last week, a 10-step process. We're going to give you a five-step process today. So stay with me, and we'll be right back. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. Thank you for being with me today. We're having a special show, and I am filling the hour by myself, which is the first time ever. I want to share with you what I have learned from the 41 previous shows we've done. I want to see if I can help you to distill 
the wisdom of the visionary leaders who've come onto our show um, so that you can really use it and work with it in your life. So um, before the break, I was talking about the importance of being a vision and of being visionary. And, you know, the, one of the easiest ways to know whether you are working with a leader or you are a leader who's visionary is ask yourself this question. Do we know where we're going? Do we know what it looks like when we get there? Do we know what success looks like? And do we know by when we want to achieve that success? So a visionary leader articulates for the sake of what? In other words, why is this vision important? Right Here we are sitting in the status quo of today. Um, why does it matter for us to make change? And why is it that we need to move into a future that's different than today? A visionary leader articulates where are we going? And I think the simplest way of thinking about visionary leadership is that that leader articulates the desired destination, and it should be a desirable destination, so that um, the people who are listening to that vision can clearly picture it. They know what it looks like. They know when they get there that they've actually arrived in the right place. So where are we going? And the more detail that you can use to describe the where – um, the the vision of that future in, in great detail, the better people can see it and participate. And I often send people back when I'm doing visioning programs, I'll, you know, that will watch people working on the vision and they'll finish it up super quick. And I'll say, okay, go back and write twice as much as you have on that page. And they go back. And a lot of times people say thank you because the level of specificity that they got to as they push themselves to go into much greater detail and describing the desired future really makes a difference. So for the sake of what is this vision? Where are we going? By when shall we get there, right? A good vision must have a destination date. And again, I talked a little bit before the break about um, getting your bearings in time. You know, we often say as coaches that, um, you know, if we want to create action, we really need to be talking about the future and creating action in the present time. If we're talking about the past all the time, we aren't actually going to create action, nor are we going to be visionary. So the past has an important role to play. We're going to talk more about that in this hour. But I want to really invite you as, as a visionary leader to be bold enough to say, okay, this is a vision for three years from now. This is a vision for July 2015. And let yourself picture that future date. So again, be as specific as you can with the date. Um, how will we get there from here, right? So often we want to begin with that question of sort of where do we want to go and how do we get there? And then we kind of bypass all the detail describing that desired future and we jump right into a strategic planning exercise where we're figuring out the how. Um, that is one of the big mistakes people make when they're doing visioning work. Um, the how comes afterward. And if you've done a really great job of describing the future, we can stand in that future and look backward and say, if we were really going to get to this place, what would we need to do? What would we need to be good at? What would we need to uh, learn? What kinds of competencies would we need to access or add? So when we really put the detail into the vision, that, that future vision, I'm saying 2015 today, but it could be 2017, it could be 2020, it could be 
even longer if you wanted, or it could be just a year or six months. But, but if you really can describe that future time, you're going to be able to then say, what would it take to get there? And that's when you can do that planning that we all like to do and most of us actually have experience doing. Um, so being visionary, um, it actually means in terms of qualities and characteristics, um, first of all, courageous so often when I'm speaking to groups um, at conferences and other places about visionary leadership, um, someone will raise their hand and say, you know, I have some reservations about vision. I don't see myself as visionary. I'm afraid to share my vision with somebody else. And, and I always ask why. And people tell me, I'm afraid if I say it and I don't do it, it will look bad or it will reflect poorly on me. Or, or they might say... Um, you know, uh, it seems like wishful thinking. I'm not sure it will really happen. And I've become really aware that one of the things that causes us to be more timid when it comes to vision is this feeling of not positive accountability, but negative accountability, that somehow someone somewhere is going to be holding us accountable for um, not delivering on whatever it is, the vision that we've put forward. And I want to say something to you today about that because um, – a, a good vision is like a North Star. It's guiding you. You can see it. You're moving toward it. But as you move toward it, you're learning so much more. You're learning more about yourself. You're learning more about the vision. The vision, you know, maybe the destination that you described isn't quite exactly what you want as the closer you get to it. You're allowed to adapt that vision as you, as you work toward it. You will be so much more informed as you start to have experiences that connect you with the possibilities that um, you started out with. So the more you know, the more you might see opportunities for tweaking it or changing it a little bit. Um, I want to invite you to be bold and boldness or courage. Those are qualities of a visionary leader. Sometimes the courage comes from being willing to describe something that seems unattainable. And we think of um, often, we often use the examples of um, John F. Kennedy describing the vision of the United States of America sending a man to the moon within a decade, less than a decade. And it seemed almost ludicrous, right? But what he described was so exciting to contemplate and think of everything that we had to learn in order to be able to achieve that actual vision. And in a way, that whole body of knowledge that was created in order to make that vision real um, proved to be its own wealth of perspective and experience. But at the time, that that visionary speech, if you go back and listen to it, it was really kind of breathtaking to contemplate what he was saying. It was a bold and courageous stand um, for a future that people had not yet really imagined. So he really brought that into dimension for us. Um, Martin Luther King, we often talk about the I Have a Dream speech, and he saw a future that seemed so far from the present moment in which he spoke. And yet when he spoke about it, he moved people and he moved people, moves people to this day to work toward that future vision and to really um, uh, let go of an old story. And so, you know, again, it takes courage to stand up and describe something that isn't evident today. There will always be people with you who say that's not practical or that's not realistic. We can't get there from here. Um, so courage boldness. Those are qualities that you will want to cultivate in yourself in order to be a visionary leader. Um, I want to say also that um, 
you know, Akusas and Posner wrote a book. It's called The Leadership Challenge, and they have some wonderful uh, writing in that book about visionary leadership. But they, the basis of that book was a survey that they administered to more than 75,000 people around the globe. And they asked them the question, what values or personal traits or characteristics do you look for and admire in a leader? And the people who responded selected the seven qualities that they would most look for and admire in a leader, um, someone whose direction they would willingly follow. I like that a lot, actually. You know, someone who you would willingly follow and be excited to follow. And the data showed very clearly that for people to follow someone willingly, the majority of constituents want to believe that the leader is, number one, honest. And by honest, we mean honest in the sense of truth-telling, authentic, um, accurate. Um, the number two trait after honest is forward-looking. Forward-looking is what inspires us. The number four trait people are looking for is inspiring. And finally, the number three trait is competent. So I went out of order, so I'll say them again. Honest, forward-looking, competent, and inspiring are the top four traits that people are looking for in their leaders. And um, as you can see, numbers two and four, forward-looking and inspiring, speak directly to the skill of visioning. Forward-looking was selected by 70%, more than 70% of the people who responded as one of the most sought-after leadership, sought leadership traits. People expect leaders to have a sense of direction and a concern for the future of the organization. This expectation directly corresponds to the ability to envision the future. And really the message is clear that leaders must know where they are going, where they want us to go, if they expect others to willingly join them on the journey. And, you know, I do such wonderful work in organizations. I do find that um, often people understand what's expected of them at the level of task or the level of um, maybe objective, like what is our goal? What is our objective for this quarter? What are the most important tasks that I need to accomplish this week? But it's relatively unusual to discover an organization where people really understand where we as a collective are heading, what it is that we are creating, what it is that we are working toward, and what my part is in helping get us there. Right. And so I would say to you that even though I think this idea of visionary leadership is becoming more and more and more and better and better understood, it's still something where you have the opportunity to not only lead, but to differentiate yourself as a leader. Um, honest, forward looking, competent and inspiring. So those are the four top traits. Um, when we hear a leader who's who's honest, who's forward looking and who's competent, talk about a future that we can get excited about in a way that we can actually see it and understand it, usually what happens is people want to help. They want to be on board. They want to step up. They want to um, participate. Ideas spark and people have all kinds of excitement about being part of that, of, of a leader who can see that future and see where we're going. Um, I would Add simply that, that the third trait, competent, is also important. And I often say to people I'm coaching, like, be good at your job. Be competent at your job and be forward-looking and be inspiring, right? Being inspiring and forward-looking alone 
isn't enough. You know, you need to be credible. And our credibility comes through that, the other two traits, honesty, and I think competence is a big player in that. So those are some of the qualities that um, we're really looking for and we're looking forward to cultivating when we talk about being a visionary leader. Um, you know, I think as I think of the visionary leaders I've worked with, I've been very fortunate to work with um, several visionary leaders, and I've learned an enormous amount from those experiences. And one thing I've learned is that often when you're a visionary leader putting forward a big vision, um, people will have opinions about it, and they will want both to contribute to it, but also to dismantle it to some degree. It takes, again, courage and conviction to really take a stand for the future that you want. And you will learn from your audience. You'll learn from your constituents, and you can adapt, and you can make your vision better as a result of their feedback back. If you can see something that others can't yet see, do take a stand, do hold your ground, because I have also seen that it takes time for others sometimes to really get a clear understanding and to let go of the status quo or the usual way of doing things and move toward that. I would recommend to you that you read the book, um, Steve Jobs' book, uh, his biography, if you haven't already. That's a great book for understanding um, perhaps not great management from Steve Jobs, but certainly visionary leadership is there. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, I want to talk with you more about the visioning process and how to do it. We'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate, and I'm talking today about visionary leadership and how you can be visionary. And I hope as I'm talking in this first um, half of the program that you're getting some distinctions about visionary leadership that will help you to really um, take this on and, and bring it into your own leadership approach. Um, so what does it mean to 
to create a vision. Um, there's a verb we've been using. I think it's maybe now a real word. I'm not sure. It's visioning. Um, what is the visioning process? I have conducted um, many, many visioning retreats um, for groups, for executive teams, for individuals, for executive women, for um people who have been really interested just on a personal basis in developing vision. And over time, I've learned that there really are five important steps. And uh, those five important steps, when followed, can really give you just what you need in terms of visionary leadership. And last week on our show, and if you haven't listened to that show, I encourage you to listen to what Lucia Capaccioni had to say, um, because she is truly an expert at the creative visioning process. Um, I think her process is fantastic. Um, what I want to give you today is one that perhaps begins a bit before the process she articulated and that carries you a bit farther perhaps in the making the vision real, the manifestation part of the visioning. So what are the steps? Well, I think of that there being, you know, being five steps. And as I say that, of course, I'm tempted to make more steps, but really five <laughs> overarching steps. Um, the first step, Lucia did a great job of talking about this last week, is to choose a starting point and a focus. In other words, to prepare for the vision that you want to create. And when I'm working with coaching clients, we decide, what is this vision really about? Is this vision about you as a leader? And the kind of leadership you bring, the kind of leader you are, um, the difference you make through your leadership. Is this vision about your business? You know, where do you want to be in five years? And what kinds of impact do you want to have? And what kind of outcomes do you want to have? Um, is this going to be a vision for the business or for the organization? Um, is this going to be a vision for you as a human being, perhaps um, a whole life vision a vision about the kind of leader, contributor, um, uh, spouse um, you want to be. Um, it could be just sort of a vision of, of who you want to be or become over the next few years. Um, is this going to be a vision about your team? In other words, uh, so often these days in the complex world I was describing as I was opening this hour, uh, we are working in teams and do we have a vision for the kind of team we want to be, the way we want to work together, the the, the trust we want to build together, the um, protocols we want to follow together, the um, outcomes we want to create together? You know, doing a vision for a team is a very powerful thing to do. So before you begin, decide, what is this vision really about? And... Um, Again, this is a process that can be applied to anything. And I will add, you could have a vision for your marriage. You could have a vision for your family. You could have a vision of um, community. Perhaps uh, you're part of some kind of a community organization and you really want to envision a strong community and, and all of the hallmarks of that. So anyway, choose what the focus point will really be for you. And um, then I want you to think about choosing... A time frame. Now, most people are most comfortable working with a three to five year vision. Um, I find that some people, myself included, have really a long time frame. They like to think out 20 years or 40 years or at the end of my life looking back kind of vision. But I have learned that most people like to create vision in a, in a three year or five year or even a one year time frame. And so decide 
what you want to do and that you need enough time to actually make something happen, um, but not so much time that it feels so distant and far away that you're really wondering, am I ever going to get there? And it just seems almost like a, a dream instead of something that I could actually bring about. So choosing that time frame will depend on what your comfort zone is. If you are, just aren't sure, I would start with three or five years. Um, so now you have your starting point and you have your focus. And so if you were telling somebody this, you would say, okay, I'm going to create a vision for my leadership in life, and I really want to focus on 2015. And so I want to be able to see three years from now, who will I be um, as a leader, as a person? What will my life be like? Um, what what kind of contribution will I be making? That's one example. Um, the next step is to share your story. And you may be wondering why we've had so many people come on to Visionary Leader and talk about story as a part of visioning, especially since I've emphasized so much how important the future conversation is versus the past. But here's what I've learned, that when we move too quickly into visioning without celebrating, honoring, and learning from our story, we often sabotage the power of our vision. And I've seen this happen again and again um, back in my early days of working with vision, we would not, we didn't know this step and we'd start to do visioning and inevitably somebody would say, yeah, but that couldn't be true for me because you don't know this about me. This is the way I am. Or this is the way it's always been for me. And I realized that we were being interrupted by the past in a way that the past was kind of, um, this ghastly hand holding onto the ankle of the visionary, pulling him or her back. So um, instead of fighting with that old story, we decided to invite that story. And it is a very powerful exercise. So this takes a little bit of time, and it's a lot of fun. And the, the better you do it, the more meaningful and valuable it will be. But um, so if step two is to honor and tell your story. There are many ways of doing this. One is simply to sit down with someone you trust, or maybe you decide to do visioning with a partner, and you sit down and you each receive the other's story. If you're the storyteller, you want to tell the story of your life from beginning up until now. And go ahead and go back to Neil Struhl's um, radio show way back in the beginning of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life radio show. He was one of our early guests, and he talked about um, the importance of story. So you can learn again from Neil, but go ahead and tell the story of your life from beginning. I was born in my case, Montrose, Pennsylvania, and start there. I was the second in a family of five and, and tell the story on from there. And as you tell your story, um, tell it not just factually what happened to you, but actually who were you becoming? Right? The story that you tell is the story of becoming. It's the story of becoming yourself. And I think as we think about our life stories, there are certain critical moments where we know something to be true. We suddenly have revelation or insight or we, we realize, ah, this is how I'm different than other people. This is where I have something unique or this is what I conclude about the way that the world is. And so as you tell your story, you don't have to worry about that. You just practice telling your story. But I want you to tell the story big, not small. Don't tell the story quick. Um, your story should take you somewhere between an hour and a day to tell. And uh, for those of you who read our newsletter, um, I was in Costa Rica this spring. We were doing a vision retreat with an executive there. It took us two days to receive his story, and he did a fabulous job of telling it. And 
um, as he told it, he talked about who he was at a particular moment, what it meant to him, what he thought about the world, um, what was important to him, um, what, how he felt, and then he would move to another stage. And it's very helpful if you're the storyteller to either bring objects that can help you tell the story. Maybe it's just things from your past, a photograph, a, um, anything, a, a rock, a feather, a, you know, whatever it is, your, your blankie, whatever it is that helps you tell that story from the past. Bring it along with you and talk about that part of your life while holding that object. It's this very powerful thing to do. Um, those objects help illustrate the person you have been in the past, the person you've been up until now. Um, when you are... Um, another way of telling the story, I'll give you one more way, is to choose a photograph, five photographs over the course of your lifetime up until now, and use those pictures of you at those different moments to really talk about, almost like um, visual guides for talking about who you've become. That is going to be a really fun thing to do. And of course, you've got to get down to just five pictures, which is the discipline part of this. But um, that's a wonderful story and uh, wonderful exercise. And we'll share that exercise in our newsletter this week. Um, so you, you tell the story. Now, if you're the person receiving the story, your job is simply to honor and celebrate, not criticize, not judge, not make helpful remarks, right? Just receive and be a positive um, participant in hearing and honoring and celebrating this other story. This is a very rare experience. Uh, we almost never are listened to in this way. So I strongly encourage you to um, treat the invitation to receive someone's story as an honor and really dedicate yourself to being just a wonderful, juicy audience for that story. No judgment, just noticing the courage, noticing the, the big moments, uh, noticing the patterns of success, noticing the life lessons, you know, helping by playing a little bit of that back, but in a positive way. So that storytelling piece, um, you know, in the beginning, people start out saying like, wait a minute, we're supposed to be doing visioning, but we're doing this instead. This, it makes the difference, I think, in this process. When we do the work in organizations, we actually do the history of the organization and we'll make a big um big, big white space on the wall and we let people tell us what happened in the past and everybody gets to go up and add things and write things in. And when we're done, we have the story of how we got to where we are and how we became who we are. And now we're ready for the next step. The next step, I call it centering in the present moment. Um, when I was a business management consultant, we would have called it a current state analysis. <laughs> so what is the current state, right? So uh, the question, the coaching question I use for this part of our process is what is true now? What's true now? And when we invite ourselves to tell ourselves the truth about the present moment, and that truth could be filled with positive things, it could be filled with hard things, things that we don't necessarily even want to say out loud to ourselves. Um, we clear the way for creating a vision that's linked to the present moment and that actually can move us from the present moment. So I'm really, as a coach, again, always looking for um, genuine authenticity in the way that my um, client is telling me the truth about the now, about now, what's true right now. So now you've told me who you who you were up until today, up until now. Now tell me what's true now. And that could be anything from financial struggle, um, don't love what I'm doing, um, feel unhappy in some aspect of my life, 
um, have everything I dreamed of, don't know what to think of next. You know, the, the range of possibilities is enormous, but the key to this piece is being really honest and being brave enough to say, um, you can do this as a writing exercise. You can also, if you really trust the person who's received your story, you could have that conversation with this person. Again, nobody should try to talk you out of what's true for you now. Um, and this is true of executive teams too, right? It's not about whose version is right. It's actually just how do we see it? How do we see it right now? I often use a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. That simple framework helps um, helps people to organize what's true now. Okay, what's working for me? What's, where, where do I have strength, uh, weaknesses? What are, where's opportunity for improvement? Where's the, the thing that might hold me back? Um um, opportunities, what's possible, uh, what's available right now that I may or may not be tapping into, and threats, what might prevent me from moving forward into this vision. Really important. So we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, I'm going to share the last two steps and also some thoughts about what I've learned from the guests on our show. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate. And we're going to jump right back into the visioning process. And I had talked with you about the first three steps. Choosing your starting point and your focus is step one. Honoring and telling your story, 
having it received is step two. Step three, centering in the present moment or answering the question, what's true now in a really clear, uh, honest way. Um, now that we know where we are, right, you're oriented in the present, you know what's true now, like it or not. Um, some of it you'll probably like, some of it you won't. Um, now is the moment where we have to ask ourselves, what's holding me back? What's stopping me? And um, again, we're dying to do the visioning. That's what comes next. But there's one more little step here, and, and that's really to explore um, why we, ha- you know, not not so much why haven't we moved forward into this vision already, but what holds you back from being bold and visionary in your life? And what I've learned from asking that question to people is if I just asked you that and you started to write and you wrote down the answer about what holds you back, often people are afraid of, you know, trying and failing, of looking foolish, of taking a big risk, making a mistake, of being judged negatively by others. These are common fears. We all have them. Um, it's important to actually identify the fear that kind of has your name on it because um, it will show up as you become bold and visionary. You know, this will pop right up in the form of an inner critic or an inner voice that tells you to play safe. Um, so let's do it before the vision. So I'd like you to answer that question um, and see if you can recognize what it is that is your, that the thing that um, does indeed prevent you from being as bold and as creative and as um, inspiring as you would like to be in your life. Um, so once you have that answer, again, we're not judging. We're just um, we're just holding it and saying, okay, that's the way it is. And by the way, doing this with groups, um, we get to the what's true now. We've done the current state analysis. We've done the SWOT analysis, right? We've done the things that make everybody feel like, okay, we, we now know where we are. We ask the question, what stops us? What holds us back? And people can answer that in organizations. And the answer usually has something to do with culture. It has something to do with perception. has something to do with not being sure what the future is going to bring. It's a really good conversation. So it belongs in organizations as well as at the individual level. Now it's time for the visioning process itself. Um, and in the visioning process... Um, this is where I would strongly encourage you to go back to Lucia's um, process and her creative process. This is really about um, not um, linear thinking, but creative possibilities thinking. And when you are doing the visioning process, you are letting go of reality thinking and moving into a much more liberated way of thinking about life and the world. You're really thinking about what's possible. What is that desired future? and describe it in great detail. So when you do that, you want to not let yourself get bogged down by, oh, but that's not realistic, or, oh, that could never happen, or I'm not good at that, or any of those things. Instead, you really want to let yourself um, go into a creative process. And one way you can do this if you're operating by yourself is to, is the, uh, to ask yourself a question, write it down, and then just close your eyes and just imagine the ideal answer, the way you'd really like it to be. Remember, you're using that focal point and that point in time that you've already established for yourself. And so you're just answering the question, um, how would I, you know, it's 2015, I'm succeeding as a leader, uh, I have, everything is working out just the way I want it to, I have an amazing team around me, what's happening, who's there, um, what does it look like, what's my reputation, how, how, do, how is it working? 
what's the key to my success, right? And you'll notice these open-ended questions invite you to just um, create mentally, to really create. I often do this myself. I just draw, you know, I kind of draw the answers. And um, other people use collage, like Lucia was describing last um, a couple shows ago. Um, other times we we do this with, um, uh, some people just love to write creatively. You can do it that way. Um, however you want to do it, I like to make multimedia options available for people so that they can either grab a marker or a crayon or a pencil or scissors and glue or whatever's going to work and then, and then create their answers. And so this process of inner dialoguing, asking yourself a question, creating it, right, also works with groups, right? We ask this, this set of visioning questions I'm going to give you in just a second. And then we let people, um, reflect. And I tell people, don't write anything. You don't start writing immediately. You actually need to picture it in your mind's eye. So we just sit quietly and often with eyes closed and just really picture what it is that we want to create. And then we write. And I usually will give people in a group setting um, a question, a set of questions that everybody can work on answering. The most remarkable thing about this is that it is so fertile. Never does it come up dry. And I would give, a, in a group situation, 20 minutes to the group to just um, move through the questions. I might actually guide them by talking and letting them have their eyes closed and picturing um, this. And then I'd get quiet and give them the questions and let them write them down. Um, when I do this with individuals, uh, we will often um, do a little bit of guided visioning work, um, guiding them into a place, state of relaxation, letting them really picture what it is that they want and desire around that purpose statement and that date, and then inviting them to just journal for about, again, 20 or 30 minutes. So once you've seen it, you just have to write it down and don't judge it. Don't worry about what it is. Let yourself be surprised by some of it. Be as detailed as you can. Um, that visioning process is um, its a creative process, not a linear process, as I said before. Um, this is a place where we really let go and let our hearts guide us. And I always think that visioning is about connecting your heart to your mind and letting your mind create possibilities out of, out of that flow. Um, when we do this uh, in groups, we invite people then to share their vision. And the last step in my visioning process really is about sharing the vision. And so people get the chance to work on it a bit and then share it back and share it to the whole group um, or share it to the other person who, who they're trusting in their process. And again, the other person's job is to receive the vision, not critique it, certainly not to say whether it's realistic or not, but actually to to applaud it, to notice what's special about it, what's what's unique about it, um, how it connects to who you know this person to be in a positive sense. So it's, you're being really an audience for this vision. Um, once it's been shared with someone else, someone else can help you to hold and move into this vision. If you do it yourself and put it away, it doesn't have the power as if you actually let someone else in on your vision and trust them that they can follow with you. Um, so find somebody to share it with and let them be the holder of keeper of your vision. You can do the same for them. Um, in groups, we bring back the vision often in visual form, um, we, or we'll bring it back in a, a written document and we keep using it. We keep referring to it. 
So we're coming up on the end of the hour, and I just wanted to um, kind of talk, you know, quickly about some of the visionaries who've come on to our show. Um, as, as I think about what I've learned from them, I've learned so much from them and, and uh, e- different things from each one. I'm kind of amazed by what we've been able to, to learn. Um, some who stand out for me this morning, I think of Dr. Sasha Kramer in Haiti and her work there. She taught me as a visionary to think again and look at the resources available right now, um, in this case, human waste and what they could do for us. Ken Banks, um, he said, find the one thing that switches you on. See where you're lucky instead of where you're unlucky. Um, Deborah Fries of the Burkana Institute, she said, take small actions. Find your fellow travelers. Practice reflection. Chris McGough encouraged us to make a Swiss cheese vision that everybody can participate in. Mary Morton told us to notice what we're seeing. Interesting. Um, Ellen Sproggins, trust in the wisdom of your younger self. You know, so as we come to the end of our hour, I hope that you have been able to um, conceptualize how you can become visionary. Give it a try. I greatly appreciate you listening and your interest in this um, process and hope that you are working with me to create the better future that we're all committed to. This is Kate Ebner. You've been listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life.